0: following episode contains graphic and explicit content. Viewer discretion is advised.
1: I try not to volunteer myself to be thrown under a bus, James. I do pretty well on my own. I think that any of our questions or interactions that we produce to the public are subject to anyone's interpretation, and they're entitled to that. And that's a a gamble we are both taking and doing. The the truth is truth regardless. The idea sort of is James. I mean, the sun's gonna go down at night, and the the in tomorrow morning it's gonna come up. It, it it doesn't matter if I tell you that or not. It's truth regardless. I already know both of the informants, which we haven't. This is now we're paying. So your record pause. But I mean, you want the name, or or listeners want the name? I'm asking you. This is off the record. I'm asking you. The only relationship right now that's relevant, the first answer or question is, in which we can't fully answer this yet, is was concerns relevant enough that this is where we are? And if it is, then we can dive into the assessment. But until we have a confirmation of Eric's anything other than just his arrest, we do not dive on to that person's piece. That's jumping fucking sharp.
0: She's a like a pagan. Searching search of places that I would never come Destroy walls, the fairest walls. But ain't no rock to stop me from getting through. A few your feet can't stand the earth below, Hey guys. That was Aaron Huntley sharing a part of our conversation we recently had. Now, before I go into my conversation with Aaron, I feel the need to address a few things with you guys. In all honesty, I feel like I jumped the gun a little bit on my last episode, and I wanna apologize to you guys for those who were a little confused on how episode 10 went. Because of how fast information was coming out and updating, I relied on my social media accounts, Facebook and Instagram to stay on top of the breaking news that was almost changing by the hour. So if you tuned in and you were a bit caught off guard or surprised or confused, I apologize but hope to clear up any confusion today. Side note, go check out the podcast social media pages. It's Hide and Seek Podcasts on Facebook and Instagram. But now, let's dive into what happened. It's July 9th and it's approximately 3 p.m. Eric Roberts has just called 911. He wants to confess to a murder. When the call taker asked what murder he wanted to confess to, Eric said the killing of Nancy Moyer. Robert stated that he killed Nancy Moyer 10 years ago and he felt tired of holding it inside. During this call, Eric was also apprehensive of what was happening. Eric was aware that it was a recorded line and was reluctant to give further details. A few things that he said about Nancy was that he knew her and that she was gone. Eric states, I don't think anyone would be able to find her. Eric provided his full name and address he resided at. Detective Hamilton responded to the call where he met with Eric at his residence. When Detective Hamilton arrived on scene and started interviewing Eric, he said that he was visibly upset. He was crying, clenching, and unclenching his fist. This conversation initially started on the front porch of Eric's residence. He told the officers that he had killed Nancy Moyer and that he had left her in the hills. Eric continued on by saying that this conversation didn't feel very official, talking on the front porch. He said that he would like to provide a recorded statement while sitting in Detective Hamilton's county vehicle. Detective Hamilton escorted Eric to his car where they sat along with Deputy Elkins. Eric continued on by saying, I killed her. Detective Hamilton asked him what happened. His response? She just attacked me, and I just reacted. Eric was very emotional during this time and had difficulty speaking. But Eric did mention that this possibly happened near the Chehalis River. At different points and times of this conversation with Eric, Detective Hamilton said that he could see him clenching his jaw and he said that this was very hard to talk about. Eric said multiple times, I did it, I killed her. Eric admitted to Detective Hamilton that he had had a sexual relationship with Nancy saying that they just slept together, they were never dating. Eric reported that the night she went missing that he picked up Nancy at or near her house but did not go inside. One thing that sticks out to me is why did Eric say that he was picking her up near her house instead of at her house? It could just be a choice of words for Eric, but if I pick somebody up, I would naturally say at their house. So if it wasn't at her house, and if it was near her house, did she leave with somebody else first? And as far as the Chehalis River, Nancy lives nowhere near the Chehalis River. So why would she get in his vehicle, leave the house in the condition that it was, drive all the way over to the Chehalis River or nearby that just doesn't make sense. I've looked at Eric's address and where the Chehalis River runs, and it is close enough to say it happened near his house. When Detective Hamilton began asking Eric where the detectives could find Nancy's body, he told Detective Hamilton that the police were not going to be able to find the body. Eric said, I'm not sure what to say right now. It's very disturbing. It's hard for me to get past that point. I've been trying to forget this for the last 10 years. After about 33 minutes into the recorded statement, Eric asked Detective Hamilton to turn the recorder off. At that point of the interview, Eric appeared to become more relaxed. He turned towards Detective Hamilton and relaxed his muscles as he changed the story to tell Hamilton he actually killed Nancy in his house. Eric stated that he took Nancy back to his house that night and said that they were having rough sex and he accidentally strangled her. Eric continued by saying, I didn't mean for it to happen. It wasn't supposed to happen. Eric said that he strangled her with a scarf. Apparently, Eric was either drunk or high when this happened. At first, he thought that she was still alive, but then he realized she wasn't because, and I quote, she hadn't moved for a really long time, and she was not breathing. Eric continues by saying he thought that she was still alive, but then he realized she wasn't. She hadn't moved in a really long time, and she was not breathing. Eric said he started to put her clothes back on her but could only get her shirt back on. So when Detective Hamilton asked Eric why he did not try to help her, he said that he just freaked out. I don't even think I had working phones at that time. When Detective Hamilton asked Eric where Nancy's body would be found, Eric's response, Would you like to take a walk? Detective Hamilton followed Eric as he led them to the back of his property. Once they approached a large concrete fire pit, Eric just stood there, staring at the fire pit without saying anything. When Detective Hamilton asked him what was happening, Eric's response was, I don't really want to incriminate myself any further, but if I was going to get rid of a body on my property, it would be right there. Eric then pointed to the fire pit. Detective Hamilton asked Eric what he did with the scarf. Eric's response was, I burned it because it disgusted me. When Detective Hamilton asked him what he did with the rest of her clothing, Eric said that it would still be in his basement. Again, when Detective Hamilton asked Eric where he should start looking for Nancy on his property, he said, The fire pit. The basement. I already told you. On July 9th, Thurston County Sheriff's Office obtained a search warrant to search the property of Eric Roberts for evidence related to the statements he made to the detectives regarding killing Nancy Moyer. On July 10th, Thurston County began to search Eric's property. Detective Hamilton began to re interview Eric for the second time, but only this time. Eric said that he didn't know why he said that he had killed Nancy Moyer. Eric Roberts has recanted his entire confession for the murder of Nancy Moyer. As for today, Eric is out of jail. I'm not 100% sure if that's because someone posted a bail for Eric. I can't imagine any other reason why he would be out. But I do have a strong guess who bailed Eric out if that's the case. Regardless, Eric's out. He's supposed to have court on August 7th for the domestic violence charges that were filed by, what I've been told, Eric's son. My plan is to be present at the courthouse to confront Eric, and we'll see where we go from there. What I know is as of right now, on August 4th, I do know that Eric currently is not at his residence. Now, before I jump into my conversation with Aaron Huntley, I want to give you the backstory. If you remember, Aaron Huntley was a gentleman that Nancy had very strong feelings for, and I strongly recommend you go back to episode 4 to listen to The Wayward Heart with one of my original interviews with Aaron. So something I also want to share is, throughout this entire investigation of Nancy's case, Aaron and I have remained in constant contact throughout this process, like a lot of other individuals. Given the fact that Eric is Aaron's uncle, and Aaron's history with Nancy, I obviously wanted to speak with him. Now, Just to be clear, Aaron isn't the spokesperson for Eric's family, and he's made it very clear to me that he wants that to be known. Aaron speaking with me is because of the relationship we've developed and built over the last several months. During this entire investigation, I've had multiple calls with Aaron for many hours. Our conversations have never gotten this intense, so most of the episode today will be me sharing with you how it went. I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Not too bad. Are you sure you're, you're in for this?
1: Uh, sure. Why not? You're trying you whether you're trying to or not, James, you're making me nervous. So we'll just deal with it.
0: You know, we've talked before, you know, you were the person and I, you know, that had told me that Eric was in Thurston County's, uh, custody. We had the first interview and I kind of want to pick up from that with additional questions. Do you feel like that the dust has settled enough where we can kind of pick up where we left off? So quickly, on July 10th, the day after Eric was arrested for the murder of Nancy Moyer, Aaron called me that morning to notify me of what had just happened. Now, if you've been paying attention, Eric was arrested for federal gun charges and then for the domestic violence situation. Aaron and I tried to do an interview, and it seemed like every time we were trying to talk, new information was updating whether Eric was supposed to get out or not get out, and so we had to kind of just scratch the first interview and try again today. Uh, I guess I do, but I mean, we know... We don't
1: know any more, but yeah, I mean, I guess dust is settled or, or we'll pick up wherever we need to.
0: Today, can you kind of tell me how you're dealing with all of this?
1: Um, I think just as best as we can, taking it day by day and uh, trying to wait for more, more information.
0: Let's go kind of go back to your relationship first and when it all started with Nancy, just so we have a very clear picture going forward. When did it start, the relationship between you and Nancy? Was it a official relationship? And when did your relationship end? It's tough to say, James. In 2007 or 2008. And I
1: know that's vague, but that's just the way it is. I don't have anything. I don't. We didn't have Facebook or other things to, to call back on for these things. And I wish we did. But so, it, so there's no way out 2007, 2008.
0: Like, were you guys official as far as your relationship boyfriend-girlfriend ever?
1: No, I did not think we were.
0: Okay. Did Nancy think you were? Uh, tough to say. I mean, from what she's told
1: people, I, I, would, I would almost assume that, but I don't know everything that she told people.
0: And when did the relationship end? Timestamp that we're really kind of comparing this to is when she went missing.
1: So I'm going to guess it was a, a year before she went missing. So, you know, the relationship I had with Nancy, to, in some, some senses, had nothing to do with her going missing. Because we didn't have, we weren't talking, or we didn't have interactions for a year before she went missing.
0: If we start from that timeline and work backwards, if you're saying that the it was about a year before she went missing, that would have been in 2008, March 2008. So maybe how long was your guys' relationship kind of going on for? How long was that happening?
1: I don't know, James. I'd say, let's I mean let's just say six months or eight months or something like that. But the relationship was dynamic because. We didn't ever talk outside officially or get together outside of work for many months after talking or when
0: we were talking. So your relationship was you guys were flirtatious towards each other and then eventually it evolved to you guys hanging out outside of work?
1: Yeah, but that's, that number of times is, is extremely minimal to, to maybe no more than six.
0: Six times that you guys hung out outside of work? Yeah. Okay, how many times was it physically intimate?
1: oh probably that equal number of times it's just tough to know that time frame now and the what am i trying to say it's tough to know that time frame now and the the times we hung outside of work were very minimal or spotty and so it it wasn't a regular thing like dating kind of officially is or or could be is that making sense a little bit elaborate uh we flirted or talked at work occasionally and i think. I think Nancy perceived this to be a relationship or a relationship that was growing, and I don't know that it was growing the way, the same way on my end, and I don't know how long all of that time lasted or was. My guess is kind of the timeframes I gave you, you know, over six months, but it wasn't like a traditional dating style or true dating style relationship.
0: Or, or you're picking up that she wants to date, but you're in position where you're like, I'm not looking for a serious relationship, right?
1: Well, Or I just kept things extremely, uh, I would say, held back or just paused or moving slowly. And I didn't have any problem with that. But I think she may have jumped to her, not conclusions, but jumped to her own impression or desire about where she wanted things to be.
0: Was she still? Were you in that flirting phase while she was living at home, or were you in the were seeing each other outside of the ecology after she had moved out from her house with Bill?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have seen her outside of ecology till she was separated in her in her own place, and I didn't even I, the flirting may have even occurred, I, and, and maybe my timing is just off. But again, like right as she was ending her her marriage with Bill or thereafter, but you know, it's not like she asked me to help move or told me about these things i don't remember any of those things
0: so you don't remember whether when you guys had hooked up physically if she was living outside of bills or not
1: yeah again i mean what i'm trying to say and i I think i think i understand what you're saying but you know there was no in-depth conversation about you know with nancy of how things were going to be or trying to build a uh, relationship that was going to be specifically something. I think there's very much about Nancy that she did this all on her own or in her own accord. And and kind of in, as in relation to Sharon, one thing that comes to mind is I don't know what Nancy told Sharon. I can barely remember what I talked to Nancy about, uh, of anything. And so I can understand that Sharon has this impression because of what She's told Nancy, but those aren't things from me. Those are things from
0: Nancy. Yeah. You can't remember what you told Nancy. Barely. Do you, do you see how that's, that's like almost challenging for Sharon in her position is to say, I have very little remorse for Aaron because I heard the things that Nancy told me about Aaron because I was there when Nancy went through the heartbreak. And then, but your position is, I don't remember even any of the things that we talked about.
1: So, so I guess I could say I, I understand her opinion and can empathize, and I'm not asking for any remorse or anything. I'm not asking for any of those things.
0: Well, yeah, um, I mean, as, as far as the remorse goes, I mean, this was her sister that it was done to.
1: I understood, but again, I'm not asking for anything from from Sharon or, the, or anyone else.
0: But I kind of circling back to the, to the, to the question is your comment about how I don't even remember what I talked to Nancy about. That kind of sticks out to me, like almost in like, kind of like, how does Sharon remember these things? But, you know, you don't.
1: Uh, Good question. I don't think that at the time, this was not the end all of my life, even my relationship with Nancy. And it's not the end of all of my life right now. I understand that the family and I empathize or support the family, but this was nine years ago, and this was not a situation I thought would, I, this is not a road I'd ever thought any of us would have to be going down. But, but I didn't take notes. I didn't uh, keep diligence on everything. Now here we are 10 years later trying to recall details. Yeah. And even through you know, the podcast, I mean, same thing. Someone, you may make a comment, and then I can go, oh, yeah, that's right. Now I remember that piece. But to just recall those memories is extremely difficult other than the spotty like window pieces that we can kind of catch and see.
0: Has there been a comment or an episode where it jogs your memory where you're like, Oh man, I didn't remember that.
1: No, not, not necessarily.
0: Uh, but a few months ago, you know, I went up there, you and I met and I had obviously shared with you before going up there that I had wanted to speak with Eric and yeah. you know, we were supposed to take a trip, out to his house that weekend, but I'm not sure if you recall this or not, but we met with another Department of Ecology coworker at the golf course where we had an interview. Um, You recall that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So real quick, I want to say something about this interview. The importance of that interview was with a gal who worked with Nancy at the Department of Ecology and had information that she needed to share with me. So my interview went on longer than I anticipated, which is why I wasn't able to go to Eric's house. Up until that point, did you tell Eric at all that I wanted to come visit him or talk to him? Um,
1: I might have, but, but not in, maybe not in the context that you're thinking.
0: Well, yeah, because I, I obviously there were certain things I didn't share. He's your uncle too, so I'm not, I, you know, I didn't want to, one, relay the information that I knew, but then also, two, tell a family member that why I really wanted to go see him.
1: I think I, I remember, and I don't remember when it was, I think this was earlier on or even before that, that I talked to Eric about, um, the podcast and things that were going on with it. And that if he knew anything or had any relation, anything, and at that time, Eric said no. Um, and then I didn't just let that stuff go and didn't, didn't do anything about it.
0: And it kind of, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you ask him if he had been listening or if he knew of anything about Nancy's case, right? Yeah. What what even made you even think that that was a question to ask him?
1: There are several us, so like myself or Aaron Johns or I know Eric was interviewed, Jim Roth was interviewed. There were several people interviewed that have at at least initially close ties to this thing. And so I mean, Eric is known about this, and and it, and it was a neighbor of Eric's. Um, he knew I was seeing her at that time, and so uh, I think when I called Eric, it was to just check in and. and even see about his willingness, availability, but I don't remember. I don't remember what he said, or even if I asked that. I think that he probably more just listened to me and then kind of let it go, and we just went from
0: there. He listened to you talking about the podcast, and then yeah, kind of just let it go. Yep. But weren't you looking for some sort of answer, like a definitive answer? I think. I think. A- asked him
1: if he had any relation with Nancy or anything like that. And he said, no,
0: did he know? I mean, was it something that you had shared with him that I was, you know, possibly coming over to his house to visit with him?
1: No, I don't think so. I wouldn't have said that.
0: What would be your, your reasons on why not sharing that?
1: I, why would I not share that? I, I think as we were, I'm trying to think of where we were at with the podcast or with things, but again, there's kind of, there's no, there was no reason or sign to be looking at Eric for part of his involvement in this thing. And so there would be no reason to, you know, there are several people you and I've either discussed or talked about, they have interest in, in talking to that now either are relevant or still not relevant
0: hindsight 2020 you didn't know that he was the person who's actually responsible or possibly responsible so yet like you're saying there's there's people that we we looked into and we talked about from females to males and
1: well and as you said to me over conversations i mean you're trying to turn over every stone yeah. and i respect appreciate that and have supported that throughout this whole process and 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 will even
0: metaphorically i mean help you turn over stones or look for things and, and you have, you, you, you know, there's not something that's come back to me other than the double mint juicy fruit tattoos and going over to Eric. So those are the two things that, that haven't added up, but we don't have Nancy here today to be able to testify to that. Unfortunately,
1: what isn't adding up about the double mint and juicy fruit tattoos? Cause, Ann,
0: cause she said it happened when I'm talking about your testimony and you telling me the things that you're telling me, there are two things that, that there's no, we can't, we don't know the truth to. So you can tell me that it didn't happen, but Nancy's saying it did.
1: What truth is missing?
0: Because it's your testimony versus hers.
1: On, on, but I don't understand where the discrepancy is, James.
0: Because if you say it didn't happen, but she says it did, well, then how do we know who's, tr- who's telling the truth?
1: The story of the tattoo as I know it is that all I remember is one day she had a tattoo.
0: I, I understand. But, but before we even go to that, that's the, that's the discrepancy is you're saying it didn't happen. She's saying it did. There's your, there's the conflict there. Yeah. When we talk about relationship and the things that we have worked through and the things that we've talked about, there are two things that you haven't deliberately lied to me about that I know of that you have come forward and shared the information that you've shared with me that has never even hit the podcast. But that's the, that's one of the two things that doesn't add up still. And yeah. either I can say Nancy made this all up, or I can say Aaron's not telling the truth.
1: Yeah, as you said it as well, James, the one problem with everything is there is very little to nothing that Nancy has actually said or spoken. We only have everything secondhand now. Everything.
0: So when you say everything's secondhand, Nancy didn't write this down as far as the double mint tattoo, but you have multiple individuals who have come forward and said that this was the meaning behind the tattoo that goes beyond Sharon. That's the part that we're, you know, so yes, it's secondhand, but it's heard from from multiple individuals. At the end of the day, whether it was true or not true, going back to my point, it was that's one of the two things that doesn't add up. Do you find? Do you realize how hard it is for for an individual to believe that Nancy would go to the point where she would get a tattoo about something that never happened? Oh, okay, naturally. Okay.
1: You okay? Sorry, I'm sorry, James. Give me give me one second. You're processing this in the sense, sorry, you're processing this in the sense still sense still that Nancy is talking about the threesome between Aaron and I and her. Correct. Okay. So, but again, that is absolutely not true. So that's. I mean. This whole thing is just kind of mixed and convoluted. So, But sorry, I understand where you're coming from now. Let me stop you real quick there, James. So this is where, again, everything from Nancy we have is now secondhand or from someone else. That is an exactly perfect prime example of why even what Nancy may have said or believed to be true is not even true. And though I did not take a polygraph, Aaron Jones took a polygraph and was directly asked this question and has been proven to that is not true. It leads into another example of just, I mean, why or what people are saying and, and assume even
0: off of what they've heard, which could very well still not be true. Polygraphs are a tool.
1: I'm not arguing the polygraph. I'm arguing not true.
0: I understand that. But one of the things that you had mentioned was, is that the polygraph was something that was used for Aaron Johns. And I get that. It it, it, it does help. It does show uh, a better light on the individual who's or, or person of interest. Take, for example, Ron Evans. He declined the polygraph versus the other officer who said, I was willing and passed it. Well, Ron Evans looks a lot more suspicious because he declined it. So with with Aaron Johns, we'll need to take the polygraph. And I know he said specifically what questions that he wanted inside, you know, in the interview was the threesome. All the things, again, going back to all the things that you have said to me have been true. But there are two things that we can't prove.
1: Before we keep continuing to kick this mythological horse or whatever, then, then we can move on.
0: One thing I'd like to add about the whole Portland trip and the tattoo double mint juicy fruit is that I did retrieve one of Nancy's emails that she spoke about going down to Portland with Aaron Huntley. It never included Aaron Johns. In the way that she phrased this email, it almost seemed like Aaron Johns was out of the country during this time, but shared how she was excited that he was returning soon. So when I see an email that Nancy wrote herself, and it doesn't include Aaron Johns going down to Portland where this supposedly threesome happened, it adds more doubt or confusion to the Double Mint Juicy Fruit tattoo. You've said to me, you're not a spokesperson for the family. But how are you guys handling all of this?
1: I think we're handling it as best as we can. I think my mom has had some great advice and words of wisdom. And and one of them is there's no book we can use to help get us through this or to know what to do. And, And the more your family doesn't have access to anything like that either. I mean, there just is nothing already existing that says, oh, handle the situations this way. And so what we're doing is just working with each other and staying as close as we can with our thoughts and ideas and and trying to keep ourselves on track and on course and and help process each other through this this situation. A lot of phone calls and uh, a lot of hugs and other things.
0: I mean, I, I imagine that you guys have collectively have had family discussions together and not just phone calls.
1: We, we've, we have to some extent. Um, a lot of it right now, though, is just even trying to make sure everyone has the same information, supporting and trying to stay together on it. Um, you know, Ashley being Eric's daughter, one of the priorities is just how well is she doing and handling this and what can we do to help her? So we've gone out there and, and had some dinners and, and just met his family, enjoy each other's company and still talk about these things. I think the questioner, you know, concern that's been out there and I'll address it. As a family, we don't we're not bailing Eric out. We feel that this is the safest place for him to be and that's where we want him to be.
0: So that's that's something that you guys have discussed openly and talked about. It's 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 out there. You guys aren't yes. bailing him out.
1: Yes, we are not bailing him out.
0: Let's go back to July 10th. You had called me that morning to say that you had received a call from Eric's daughter and she shared with you that Eric was in custody with Thurston County because he confessed to the murder of Nancy Moyer. Yeah. What were your initial thoughts, Aaron?
1: Uh, Just concern for everybody. Concern for everybody that either Eric was doing this as a cry for help or that Eric actually has something to do with this. And it was a, a straight divided mix of those two things. And so the immediate kind of reaction in, and what happened over the next couple of days was very interesting. It just, I, I felt almost emotionless because it just was a matter of trying to collect all the pieces and make sense of anything we could, and so it just it felt like always my mind was in overdrive trying to uh, analyze or figure out any of these things.
0: What things are you figuring out? What things are you processing? What things are the, you?
1: The way I've processed it since is that it's like I have, or people have been looking at a puzzle for 10 years trying to put together this puzzle of what could have happened or how Nancy is missing this big giant puzzle. It seemed like we all had the same picture, but we were missing a couple pieces and that was going to complete the puzzle. Well, when Eric called and confessed, it was like, we found the missing pieces, but the twist was you put in those missing pieces. Now the whole picture of the puzzle changes. It's not the puzzle you thought you were trying to complete. It's a whole different puzzle. Now you put in those missing pieces, you're looking at a different picture of
0: everything. No one would expect their dad, their uncle, their brother, their son to be the murderer. But do you look back and say, makes sense?
1: This is another one of my yes, no answers. But in hindsight, sure. There are many things that had drawn concern or made us concerned about Eric but never once did any of us assume it could have been in relation to this case or these things.
0: What kind never. of things, but what kind of things do you feel when you look back and say, sure,
1: it's easy to say, I mean, many of us have great, wonderful memories and impressions of Eric and, and who he is and what he's meant to us in our life. And, and it's easy to say that over the last 10 years, it seems that there's been something different going on. A lot of us assumed it was just alcohol or, or, A you know potential drug abuse or who who knows we didn't we didn't specifically know alcohol was always an issue. Um, Oh, what am I trying to say, James? There was a there was a decline. And, and Eric was not at a lot of family functions or was only there for short times or would show up late. And that could have been just his character, but there were over the last 10 years easily a lot of oddities.
0: What kind of oddities? I mean, we talked about the drinking, you know, we've brought that up. We you, You've you discussed that he's.
1: That, and that's fine. So I'm going to try and answer your question. So I was going to say at least two or three times in the last 10 years, Eric's been to a rehab facility in the last 10 years. Eric has also lost his job or changed jobs from someone who stayed in jobs for lengthy times all prior to this. Those are pieces small. Those are maybe even some larger pieces of these oddities. We could break all that down. The thing that gets real tough to do though, is we can, or I can still be making an assumption or trying to draw a conclusion or connection that may not even be relevant. Yes, it may be. And sure. Great. We can toot our own horns for, successfully figuring these things out but just because there's a correlation doesn't mean that that's the the case and eric's situation is a little bit dicey to talk about even because i don't want to start drawing a bunch of conclusions when this may or may not be or until eric speaks for himself about these things he's the one holding all the answers we only have our assumptions or our our own knowledge to base this on.
0: I get that. I understand. I mean, just because someone's an alcoholic or they go to treatment doesn't make them a murderer. Was the question ever asked to Eric from your position before the podcast, do you, did you see Nancy or did you hang out with Nancy or did I mean, you have anything to do with Nancy's disappearance?
1: If that question was, was asked, it was asked nine or 10 years ago.
0: So when you say if it was asked nine or 10 years ago, why would you even ask Eric that?
1: My, my direct answer to that would be: I mean, we, without without using my own sub of guessing, it would be that Eric was questioned by the police. Okay, then my my thought is that I would have asked him why he was questioned or what he knew or if he had any involvement. I don't remember even having that conversation with Eric, though. But those—that's my assumption of that.
0: Do you that do you know that he was questioned by the police, though? Did you know that back yeah. then?
1: Quite uh, questioned or interviewed. I think it, they were calling them interviews at the time.
0: But did you know he was interviewed back then? Yeah. How did you know that?
1: We I had a pretty close relationship with Eric. I mean, over the years he's been my uncle. At the time we were coworkers as well in a in a, in a relatively close work environment. So I saw him almost on a daily basis.
0: Did he relay the information to you that he was questioned by police?
1: Yes. Or no? What, what, is it, what does it matter? It does, it, it does
0: matter because you questioning Eric, there could possibly be a reason why you would question him. Eric coming to you saying, no. I was.
1: What you're kind of doing, James, is saying, hey, Aaron, why did not you figure this out sooner?
0: No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm trying to put the facts together. I'm not trying to say, hey, Aaron, why didn't you figure this out earlier? Because no one knew about Eric's relationship with Nancy. But what I'm trying to do is put the pieces together about Eric's behavior and what he did back then. That's the only thing I'm trying to do. So don't take, don't, don't take the pressure of, of the question of, of me trying to say, well, why didn't you ask this? I'm trying to figure out, did Eric come to you and say, hey, I was questioned? Or did you go to Eric and say, were you questioned?
1: That, what, what is that? What is, how is that relevant?
0: If you said, if you went to Eric and said, hey, were you questioned? Why? What would be the reason for that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, Again, it goes back to your the idea of I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty I, I, I wouldn't I never put Eric in the boat that he had anything to do with this for the last ten years, and now here it is three weeks of new information, and we all have to process these things. Many people have had to and even yourself, James, have only been dealing with this case for the last eight months, nine months, or a year, and many of us have been living with this and not on a daily basis per se, but living with this and processing it already for the last 10 years
0: understood right and i understand that i'm coming in and making a very small you know imprint on this entire process that, you, that everybody who knew nancy who, who was friends with nancy you guys have been dealing this for, for the last 10 years i totally get that
1: well and you can say and you just said it but i mean a small imprint yes and no james i mean the impact you've had and the 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 outlet you've given us all to talk about this and potentially help Create some closure for Nancy and, and, and her family is invaluable, and that and that's not left out of this equation either. So what I'm going to say it's is there are things we don't know, and we all have a lot of questions right hmm. now. I think the person holding the key or has the answers is Eric, and there and I don't know when any of us are going to have an opportunity to. I've written him a letter, but I don't know when any of us are going to have an opportunity to actually talk with him or even what our capacity or desire is to other than wanting to get kind of these questions answered about what could have happened or what happened. You're torturing me, James. Here's James. Here's the thing. The answer to the question is no matter what, Eric lied to me. That's the answer to your question. No matter what, Eric lied to me. Whether I went to him and asked him about
0: it or whether he told me about it. If Eric has anything to do with this, he lied to me. I'm asking you as his nephew, did you feel like he could have possibly been a real person of interest? I'm not asking you to solve the case. I'm not asking you to figure this all out.
1: The answer is no. It's simple. For 10 years, I did not think or suspect Eric to be involved in this at all. For 10 years, I did not suspect for any of it. So it equally comes to a shock
0: to me as anybody. I know that my questions to Aaron are almost unfair. I'm putting him in a position where I'm asking him to answer for Eric in a way. And I know that that's not his place or his responsibility. But I guess I'm just trying to get a better feel and understanding for someone who knows Eric on a more personal level, being his family or uncle. And you can tell that these questions are kind of frustrating Aaron in a way. And to be honest, it's not like Aaron should know the answer. I'm asking him to speak about what was going on in Eric's mind. And that's only a question Eric can answer. So... If Eric was making this up as he recanted his confession the next day, why, in your opinion, and again, Aaron, I'm not putting you to the fire here with asking you to answer this question, but there's no one else in your side of the family, but why, in your opinion, why do you think that he would do that?
1: I think there's, I think there's two legitimate reasons why why he would recant his statement, or I think there's multiple. Sorry, you're going to have to deal with me while I process this, but one, one of the simplest ways to put it is just like any... Is my perception any court case or anything? I mean, a politician, anybody going through anything, the the your best legal defense, no matter if you're guilty or not, is to plead not guilty and make them prove that you are guilty. Even if you cooperate or anything else, you still are going to play the card that I'm not guilty because you want a lesser sentence or A, B, C, or D. All these things. I think that that plays into this situation with Eric recanting, where. If, His attorney talked to him in the morning. He would have said, hold all your horses. You need to plead not guilty and we'll work through the process. That doesn't help any of us. So don't get me wrong. I don't think that's the right thing to do. I also wonder how much drinking had to play in this portion. And so maybe he's easier talking when he's been drinking or not. And then the next day or after processing it some more himself, he decides he needs to not recant. Recant, I think, is an interesting word, but basically say, no, you know, forget what I said, I'm not guilty, and basically we'll go through the process. He's going to have to go through the process from there. Is that a huge mistake or problem? Yes. But from someone's defense side, or, or trying to rationalize or, or re-rationalize what you've just done to yourself by admitting to something, I think that's the common avenue. Another idea is, the idea that Eric still potentially—and and, and this is—I a, a, have no idea how much weight is on this—but that Eric has nothing, nothing to do with this. You know, yes, he knew Nancy. He knew about Nancy and I, or I mean, from interviews and other things, and that somehow he's just reaching out or saying something he didn't say or mean to say, or maybe he knows something that the rest of us don't. Still, of other people's involvement or anything. I, I just have, there's no way to know those things. I am i can't be inside Eric's head to understand what he was doing yeah. from reading the, from reading the reports and other things. I know my relationship with Eric and how I process or understand those things, but that doesn't make them true.
0: You know, and the question, how I asked it was in your opinion, so I'm not holding you to the fire against this, but from a legal perspective is. He didn't have an attorney representing him the next morning when he recanted his confession. If he was drunk, if he was high, I don't know what he was, the the statue of mind he was in at that time when he had called in. But if he had sobered up the next morning and said, oh, shit, I didn't realize what I just did. I wasn't responsible. I made it all up. That's that's the mindset of someone who's guilty.
1: It, It may be, James, but that's still to be proven.
0: Somebody doesn't get drunk and then randomly confess to a murder that they never committed.
1: So going back to answer your question further, James, I mean, why, why would Eric, your your question is, why would Eric recant his statement? Correct? Yeah. Because of the fear of losing anything and everything, you know, say he did this when in a a moment of weakness and then has to then go, Oh my gosh, now, how am I going to be able to connect with my family? What are my children going to think? What is my, what, you know, what is this? I, I think that when you, This is just a guess. But I mean, when you're sitting in jail and you process or have the opportunity to process what you've just done, you're it's not like there's other things you can do. You're sitting behind bars. So it it doesn't surprise me that Eric would recant the statement. Is it truly unfortunate? Yes. But does it surprise me? Not one bit.
0: I understand what you're saying. But at the end of the day, he's thinking about himself. He's thinking about himself. He's not thinking about the Moyer girls who have grown up without their mom for half their life.
1: Well, I I think what you're saying is only partially true. I think to an extent. You're assuming that. We will not know that until we can talk to Eric.
0: If he were to recant his confession, is he truly sorry?
1: We can't Um, answer that question.
0: Yes, but again, going back to from from the perspective of if, if if he's guilty, right? Aaron, if he's guilty and he goes and recants his confession the next day, who's he thinking about? Himself.
1: Those are all your words, James, and make sure you put them in the podcast, not mine.
0: That's, that's it. He's thinking about himself. And as much as, as much as we want to, we we want to say, what about his kids or his family or his reputation? You're thinking about yourself because you chose the path that you chose when you killed Nancy. If that's, if that's the case, as much as you want to think about your kids, I'm sorry. When you take a life, you already made your decision. You took a mother away from two girls from a family that, that they'll never get back.
1: Those are your words, not mine, James.
0: And I understand that. I'll tell him to his face. That's a very cowardly move. And if he he wasn't responsible, that was a very cruel thing to do to a family. And he has to live with that. And he also put the family through that. Not just the Moir family, but your guys' family.
1: Those are your words, not mine, James. What's the next question?
0: You can tell at this point in my interview with Aaron, I started to get pretty upset. And... Throughout this entire podcast season, I've never really gotten to this point with the interview with somebody. And to be clear, I'm not angry or upset with Aaron. We have differences of opinion, but at the end of the day, this is because of Eric. I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to speak with Eric if he's willing, whether he wants to have that face-to-face or over the phone. That's up to him. I want to revisit is the statement Nancy had shared with her sister, Sharon. In a car ride with Sharon, uh, Nancy opens up and shares with Sharon that she points out Eric's house and says that when the family went to sleep, she would go over to Eric's house because that was your uncle and meet up with you. Do you still stand by that 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 never happened?
1: That absolutely never happened.
0: So then let me pose this next question. Do you think that Nancy could have said that she was sneaking over to see you, but in reality, she was sneaking over to see Eric. Because if that's the case, her sneaking out would have happened during the time that Bill and Nancy were still together and would technically be the time that she was also seeing you at that time.
1: So that doesn't add up to me, but that could be the case. I don't know, for example, I don't know if Nancy and Eric had a relationship before Nancy and I did. I don't think they did, but I don't know that. That's another question to be answered by somebody else. The only thing I know is that I never met Nancy over at Eric's house for anything. And, and never did I know that she snuck out and went over there at all. And I, I don't know any of those things. What's interesting about that is, yes, she may have told Sharon that. But that statement from Nancy and then through Sharon is absolutely not true.
0: Because of our conversations, I also want to kind of put this on record, but you, you've also shared with me that any kind of sexual relationship or, or activity never happened between you and another individual at Eric's house.
1: I, I did it to you before, but I'm going to do it again. and I'm going to use foul language so everyone close their ears. But I would remember if ever I took my dick out at Eric's house. And there is never a time I've done that. I've not had sexual anything at Eric's house.
0: And that's a strong statement. That's a strong statement. I and mean, here's, why, here's why I'll say that.
1: Which is why I can guarantee it. I, you know, I, I can, if, if I try and dig in my mind and think of any time I've done that, the answer is no. There is absolutely not. I would remember those things.
0: Here's where I'm coming from. Because if Eric claims, which he's saying now today, that Nancy's never been at his residence, not once. So let's say, okay, just go off of that for a second. If Eric's saying that she's never been there, and then let's say he changes his testimony and says, oh yeah, there was that one time Aaron and Nancy hooked up at my house. That would be an argument the defense would actually use if Eric said, yeah, Aaron and Nancy did hook up at my house. And if there's any kind of personal items such as clothing, whatever, or DNA at my house, it was because of Aaron Huntley. You're saying strong, never happened.
1: Yes. And I mean, you're, you're moving down an avenue that just doesn't even matter. You you use the word if, and uh, we can't even, it's not even an applicable question.
0: This is a lot of ifs, but what I'm looking for in in the part that's not if is when you say never happened. When you worked at the Department of Ecology, did you ever see Eric and Nancy together? Nope. Did you and Eric work together? Yes. Okay. So if she came around to see you. Would he have seen her?
1: Uh, she never once came around to see me.
0: Down da- in your part of the building was on the opposite side downstairs basement?
1: Yep, and she never once came to see me.
0: Did you ever recall seeing Eric and Nancy speaking privately or are even having lunch together? Nope. So I'm going to take a second to read to you the probable cause report and what the informant shared with Thurston County about Eric. During the course of the investigation, a named citizen informant came forward and wanted to provide information about Eric Roberts related to Nancy Moria's disappearance. The citizen informant did not want his name disclosed publicly due to his close relationship with Eric Roberts. The person is familiar with Eric's residence and the layout of his property. The person reported that, around the time that Nancy went missing, Eric built an odd structure made out of concrete on his property. The person said Eric claimed it was a treehouse, but the citizen informant said it did not look like a treehouse to him. Prior to this, the informant said that Eric frequently had large parties at his house and people camped out throughout the weekend on his property. This person stated that after Eric poured the slab of concrete, there was no more parties and he did not allow anyone to camp on his property after that. This informant clarified this concrete was poured after Nancy went missing. The informant also asked Eric what he knew about Nancy's disappearance around the time she went missing because he knew they knew each other. Eric reportedly told him, maybe I know something about it, but would never disclose what he knew about it. The informant said that Eric was acting like he knew something that he didn't want to talk about. The informant related how he was originally told about Nancy Moyer by Eric Roberts as they were riding in a vehicle together through Tonino. Eric told him as they drove past the Bikota Highway turnoff that he was having sex with the girl that lived down the road and his nephew Aaron Huntley had also dated her. Eric said that she was really wild and was really into sex. Roberts said that she would get wasted and pretty much do anything. This is, in fact, the area where Nancy Moyer was living at the time of her disappearance. This information did not seem relevant to the citizen informant at the time, but after she went missing, Roberts asked him if he remembered that girl whose house he showed him. Roberts then told the informant that she was the missing girl referring to Nancy Moyer. Roberts told the informant that he had partied with Nancy Moyer and had sex with her, which is a direct contradiction to what he told Detective Haller and an ex-girlfriend by the name of Another piece of information that the informant thought the police should know was that after Eric Roberts was arrested for domestic violence with and that told him that Eric Roberts would do the choking game on her during sex, and she said that she would literally have to rip his hands from around her throat and scratch at him to get him to stop. So one thing I do want to update you guys on is that I've spoken to this ex-girlfriend of Eric's and what she shared with me is that what the probable cause says about Eric liking to play the choking game with her, she said that that's not really accurate. Just that Eric would choke her when he got upset or angry. But during one of their first sexual encounters, Eric did try to choke her, but she immediately removed his hand and let him know that she was not interested in participating in that kind of sexual act. Knowing that Eric said what he said, how do you feel knowing that Eric was seeing Nancy, if it's true, giving your history with Nancy?
1: Well, let me me start by saying, if this is coming from Elkins, it's gonna be tough to believe anyways. That guy's put too much of his opinion into the story and twisted too many things already. But as far as Eric and Nancy, I'm not too surprised if they did hook up or were hooking up. And, and to, um, to be honest, it doesn't bother me.
0: This isn't coming necessarily from Elkin's opinion about something. This is coming from an actual individual who called in and said, this is what I was told. And it was transcribed. This is what they said.
1: Yeah, well, oh. that's fine. I think I've already seen too much evidence that Elkin's uh, detective work isn't lining up. But that's okay. That's probably a different
0: story. Different story, different opinion. That's where you, that's, how you, that's how you feel. And I understand.
1: Here's an example of it, James. Many times recently, I've heard of the quote from the quote in any of the things about a slab of concrete out of Eric's house. As far as I know, which I cannot say 100% certainty, but from everything I know of Eric and the property, there's never been a slab of concrete. Yeah. I poured a it, but there's never been a slab of concrete. Here's a piece of Here's a piece probably of Elkin's detective work that misquotes or misstates something that everybody is running off of. Understandably, we want to work through those things, but it's it's something that was awry or misspoken already that everyone is trying to run with
0: yeah but here's what i'll say i i strongly feel that this isn't elkins making up some concrete slab in the backyard of eric's house because for one how would why would elkins and again i understand where you're coming from with the things that elkins has said about you on a personal level but this isn't information that is being created this is information that's being provided
1: the problem the problem i just thought of this but the problem with Informants and information, James, is immediately the, the things that come into question are someone's intent or accuracy. Believing something does not make it true. Thinking something does not make it true. There, there are plenty of people who have already made comments or done things that you just have to question the intent or the accuracy. And then what is the damage that they're doing or, or causing from their, their comments or actions or their tips or, or anything?
0: There's truth in what you're saying is just because you say it doesn't mean it's real or true. But that, I mean, someone someone can say that from a very low knowledge of any kind of circumstance or situation. They can say something, just kind of what you've been exposed to with your involvement with all of this, that someone can say that you did this, but they don't really know the whole truth. They're just putting out their opinion and speculating that this is what's happened. But I could turn around and say something with information. It carries a different type of weight. So I get what you're saying. But the information that was shared about the concrete slab didn't come from somebody who had no idea what they were talking about. This is an individual who was present at the property for years. And I'll say this I know that, that, that there wasn't a concrete slab in the backyard in the far right corner that was ever found. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. I've been told, you know, through somebody who's, who's been at Eric's house multiple times, is how Eric poured this concrete down. Shortly after Nancy went missing, so I want to I want to kind of make it very clear and on the record for you, from what you know and the times that you've been there through the years, is there any concrete in the backyard?
1: Well, again, what it, uh, James? I'll, I don't know why I see things the way I do, but it, we've already talked about the fire pit, right? Or no?
0: We haven't addressed that part yet, but I think it would be very, very good to address that.
1: So when someone says Eric poured concrete, the fire or Eric poured concrete, uh, there's a concrete slab out at the, at the property. I again do not believe there is, and do not know of Eric doing that. I think it was two years, at least two years before Nancy went missing, Aaron Johns and myself designed and built a fire pit for Eric out at his property, Aaron and I, and Eric Aaron and I poured the concrete fire pit out of Eric's property. Eric was there with us, but there was a project that Aaron and I did.
0: Not Eric. You're saying you and Aaron poured the concrete, not Eric.
1: And Eric, Eric to to many extents as well. I mean, we came up with a really cool design by putting metal sleeves on either side and then it had grates that i mean this fire pit was huge. it had to have been almost eight feet across, so I mean bigger than an eight foot diameter circle. It was a huge fire pit, large tall concrete sides, these two metal posts that had swinging grates on it, so you could swing grills into it and grill if you wanted to. It was an amazing do, fire do pit. Do you
0: understand how bizarre that is though
1: I don't as far as I know know how to control coincidences, James. I can only deal with circumstances. Sure,
0: I understand you can't control, you know, the circumstance of the situation to a point no. you can, but and, but there's certain and, things you can control. But in the situation that you're describing, you had no control of what Eric's actions were.
1: No, it's a coincidence. I mean, everyone's going to interpret things how they
0: bizarre coincidence. I mean,
1: that's but that's a whole nother. This leads right back into the idea of I, I wanted to use the words. I don't care what people say because that does not make it truth. You do not believe everything someone tells you. Don't even believe your flipping self, because we all lie to ourselves, and we think we're not going to be lying to someone else. And and it goes back to again the idea of intent and accuracy. How much? In- what is the intent in what someone's saying, and how much accuracy is involved in it? And the concrete slab, or you saying, "Well, isn't it isn't it ironic that you?" No, it's coincidence, and I can't control a coincidence.
0: The concrete slab that's been talked about, because there was this zip line that Eric had created for his kid, and it was like a man cave, and then it turned into something like for his kiddo. You're saying that besides the fire pit, there was another concrete slab that was discussed. Okay. Not, not, it's not real.
1: None of those things you just said were ever completed. None of them. What do you mean completed? Do you want to keep listening to people's stories, or do you want to know the truth? I'm
0: going off of the concrete slab, and you're saying it was never completed. Did he talk about creating the man cave? Did he share that with you, the zip line stuff? I mean, was that stuff that he started but didn't complete, but he started it, which would explain the concrete slab?
1: Jesus, James. Do you want to listen to people's stories, or do you want to know the truth?
0: If you told me what you told me, and I go cross-reference it with somebody else, what they have to say, and they say that there was never a concrete slab, but you say that there was or wasn't, or vice versa, I'm trying to figure out the truth. People who are talking to me are people who have actually been there and lived there and, and stayed there. I'm just trying to figure out the truth. So by me asking you, is there a concrete slab, and you say it was never completed, what does that mean?
1: Then stop and listen, James. This is going directly off. I can't wait for you to listen to this back. Going directly off of what you just asked me. You said, Eric, the treehouse and the zip line. I remember having conversations with Eric and his aspirations for what he wanted to do with the property. He had a plan in his mind of where he wanted to put this treehouse and how, and it wasn't even a treehouse, it was just going to be this kind of base camp, build this kind of structure thing. And then you could zip line from this tree to that tree, and the trees would have these landings. None of those things got done, with the exception of, at some point, Eric had the motivation to put up four posts and, and start to build kind of this fort or base, and that's all that ever got done, was putting up four posts at the property. So mm-hmm. When you say this tree, zip line thing, none of those things got done, James. Mm-hmm. And so yes. when you ask, was there, was there concrete poured at the, at the property? I poured concrete before Nancy was was missing
0: you and I both know who the informant is.
1: I, I know of at least two.
0: There's one that's named and there's one that's not. Let's talk about the one who's not named. His relationship with Eric and why he, you think that he didn't want to be named when he called in.
1: I would say that I think they, that's going to be tough to answer, but I think they had a very close relationship. And I think that in in many ways, these two individuals, Eric and this other one, were... Two peas in a pod, I mean, same type of people, really related to each other on many, many, many levels. And I think that just like anybody, I mean, anybody your friends are very close to, at times we have to challenge those people or those things, and those are some of the harder choices that any of us ever have to make. And I think this was that type of situation, that somehow this person felt like they had concern enough to talk to law enforcement um, but then at the same time felt the guilt of having to know that they did that.
0: To a close friend? Yes. Knowing that this informant shared what, what they'd shared, do you still feel like Eric made up the confession?
1: I, I've said this before. It's the idea, James, that there are there's a deck of cards on the table. There is still one card on the table until we know. Either Eric comes out and confesses and explains everything that just says, He potentially didn't have anything to do with this, but there is a large, large deck on the other side stacked up against him. I understand that. And even if I want to believe and or do believe that Eric is guilty, I can't and none of us can take that card off the table because we're all bound to a court of law.
0: That could be whether he confesses or we have DNA or whatever it is to show that Nancy was at his property.
1: It does not matter if she was or was not at his property.
0: No, it does, though. It's a huge. That's a big deal.
1: What it proves to me, James, is that Eric is lying. That's all that does. He obviously lied about many things. Because if she was there and he told police she had never been there, then he's lying. He lied to me, he lied to the police, or he lied to anybody who asked about his involvement with this if he wasn't honest about it. The bottom line we're running into now is Eric is lying.
0: Got it. But it's a big deal, Aaron. It's a big deal if Nancy was ever at his property. It's a big deal. I mean, if he if he says she's never been here after confessing to his murder, it's not like this is a girl who came around and partied and hung out with him. This is a girl who he says was never here. And you your relationship with Eric was close. You guys were family. Naturally, you're close. But you don't ever recall Nancy ever being there, even to hook up, when she lived three, street, three houses down. So it is a big deal, though, that, that if he says that she was never, ever there, it's a huge deal if we find out that she was. That's an issue. That's a problem, dude.
1: Well, yeah, yes, and here's the other discrepancy. From Sharon's words, Nancy said she would sneak out of the house and go to Eric's. Well, again, then Eric is lying no matter what. The bottom line is Eric is lying. So Sharon is saying Nancy went over there, but I don't know if that's true or not. I never saw her there. From my perspective, I cannot attest to that, or I can only say I know I never met Nancy there. Nancy said herself she has gone over there then, but again, Nancy did not say that. Sharon said that.
0: Yeah, but Sharon's not going to make that up.
1: Doesn't matter. But but, but it it.
0: does matter because this wasn't something that was shared like years down the road. This was something that Sharon shared because her sister confided to her and told her this is what she did and, and, and said that this was a relationship with you that she was going to after the family went to sleep. Do you think Sharon's going to make that
1: up? I'm not going to ask that question. What we have to do is boil every detail. And that's what we're doing, James.
0: Yes. And I, and I agree. I agree with you that you had to boil every detail. But Even I don't fine. think that Sharon's going to make that up and say that Nancy said this when Nancy never said it. That's I right. strongly do not believe that, that would, that's Sharon's character or that she would do
1: that. That's fine. The slightest wrong word from anybody can make the difference to anything. It's just amazing how much power is in our words and what we're saying or even thinking. And you make even one
0: minor flaw in that, and it can change everything. Do you think that Nancy was talking about Eric, and that it was possibly like you said? There's a that that if there's a flaw, and she heard Erin versus Eric. Do you think that that's a possibility?
1: What I think of is and it's it's irrelevant, is it it doesn't matter because either Eric or Nancy are both lying.
0: Why do you think Nancy would lie about that? Or why do you think Eric would lie about that?
1: You You ready for the answer now? The answer is, just because someone is missing or deceased, they're not automatically now a saint. It's very likely that anybody, at any time, is not doing the right thing. But because they're not here to defend themselves, does not make them a saint.
0: None of us are saints today. We're all fallen. We've all committed our own wrongs and our shortcomings, and I get that.
1: I'm gonna, I want to live by my own words, James. I'll go back to it. I'll press the point that there are, there are anomalies, and all it leads me back to is we don't know what the truth is, and somewhere along these lines, someone is lying. I'm pretty sure I made the statement without implicating anybody. What statement? The, that once someone is either missing or deceased, that they're not a saint. I'm not saying that has to apply to anybody. That's a general statement, James
0: seems that you're you're referring that to nancy i mean given the given the situation
1: give it well fair enough now james fair enough now i'm giving it to you as all as straight as i can
0: so now people are now starting to speculate that the double mint Juicy Fruit tattoo could have actually been about you and Eric.
1: I don't, I don't think that's true. I think, again... Big
0: difference between think and know.
1: There's no way to know because I don't even know why Nancy got the tattoo.
0: Okay, but there is a way to know because you can definitively say that Eric and I never went down to Portland with Nancy.
1: Oh, that's a different question. Eric and I never went down to Portland with Nancy. Guaranteed.
0: Okay, so again, I'll ask. I mean, you're answering the question, but was the double mint juicy for about you and Eric? No, I don't think so. Explain to me that think so because that that part I I get lost.
1: The idea is that I cannot specifically remember Nancy. You know, the conversation Nancy and I had about the tattoo, and so what she told anybody else or what anybody else assumes about it, I can't control or know. So I believe. That tattoo was not representation to a threesome that never happened or, or some relationship or something because of potential conversations, Nancy, or mentioning it or asking about it. But even at that, I never would have pressed it or anything else. So I can't, without Nancy here to talk about it, I can't tell you what is the truth or not.
0: When you heard about the double mint tattoo, you didn't confront her on it because it was not a big deal to you. Yeah,
1: exactly. Still, yeah, not exactly. Yeah, not a big deal. I, I, I didn't put. Do I see it as oddity? Yes, but it's. I see it also as her own personal choice, not mine. My opinion of it doesn't matter. It was not my choice. It was her choice to do.
0: So now, just to confirm, you, Nancy, and Eric never took a trip down to Portland,
1: or and I guess
0: any any city together. Yep, never, never. Did you and Eric ever discuss amongst the two of you during the time that you guys worked together about ever having any kind of physical relationship with Nancy together? No. When he referred to Nancy as your ex-girlfriend, you and Eric, did you guys ever talk about Nancy and hooking up and, and your relationship with Nancy? I mean, from what you what you can recall, did you ever discuss or openly talk about that with Eric?
1: No. Okay. I mean, what a, what a half-loaded question, though, because I think if I was hanging out with Nancy and Eric asked, asked me about it, he and I would have had conversations, but not about if you're trying to... Uh, imply that we were going to have threesomes or go to Portland or something.
0: Those conversations never happened. One of the speculations in all of this is that Eric is covering for you almost in a way of like, you know, I love Aaron. I'm going to take the fall for him. What's your response to all of that?
1: That Eric is not covering for me at all. That's a, that's the bottom line. I mean, I, okay. can give, I can give some explanations or something, but it doesn't matter. You're, to answer your question, Eric is not covering for me at all. I have no involvement in in even how anybody wants to try and draw these things up or or have ideas about it or assume my implication in it, it, it's not there. And, And I'm confident and believe that and know that myself.
0: Part of my responsibility in all of this and as being the person who's putting the content out there is I know information that I I, sometimes I don't share just because there's multiple reasons why. But when I ask the question, have you had contact with Eric, Eric, I know that that there's a half answered question there with yes and no, because I know that you've sent him a letter. Yep. And you shared with me that letter. And you've also shared that letter with Detective Hamilton. Yep. Why would you do that?
1: I think it's just so. First, I I'd say you and I, through this process and in general, James. I think have developed a really strong relationship. And relationship, gosh darn it, I mean, what a crappy word again. But I mean, we we have we've had bl- many long conversations about this over the last six to eight months, and and conversations about everything. I, I think I shared it with you because of the connection that we have, uh, and so that you could continue to have. Uh, and, and establish your understanding of where I'm trying to come from and helping with, with all of this case and, and where things are going. Um, I shared it with Hamilton for the same reason. Uh, I've developed a rapport with Hamilton to some extent and had to have multiple conversations with him about things. And I think it's fair to everyone to know how supportive we are to some kind of completion or understanding of this process.
0: Would it be fair to say still, I know we've talked about this, so I'm bringing it back up on the record is in almost in kind of, in a way you want this to be the truth because you want truth and justice and answers for Nancy.
1: Yes. To use my own voice on it. Yeah. To to, to some extent it, it, it does that, that that's it. I mean, yes, there, if if Eric, if this is the case and Eric's involved in it, it just, it, it changes so many things, but it answers so many things at the same time. And as disappointing as that is, there is a part of me that wishes that that is the case so that we can all learn how to process this and, and eventually move on and then just find find a, a closure and, and a growth from this whole thing.
0: Were there any signs looking back that you feel, again, not necessarily that you miss, but make sense now if Eric carried the weight of guilt?
1: I, I think that there are, but I think that our fairest thing to do right now is to wait wait till we all have more information. I hope that Eric will be able to speak for himself about all of these things and have an understanding for what he is doing to everyone else or what he potentially owes or even what we think he owes to us, whether it's answers. No matter
0: what, he owes us answers. No matter what.
1: No one owes us anything. He
0: does owe us answers. He owes the Moyer family answers. He owes the Roberts or Huntley or whatever. He owes everybody answers.
1: That's fine. fine. He does,
0: Aaron. I'm not
1: going to argue with
0: you. I know, but you're saying that he doesn't. I mean, has that sunk in on you that he's put Sam through this, Sharon, Bill, he's put you through the ringer if you had nothing to do with this, which I don't think you do personally, but that he has put Ashley through this. He's putting your mom through this. He owes people answers and he needs to own up to that. You don't just go and make up a confession about a girl who's been missing for 10 years because you want attention. And then if you did confess to it and you were the person responsible, this is the reason why we're talking here today is because of him. His actions have caused you for the last 10 years before I was ever here heartache because you told me from day one that you have felt guilty because of the things that you feel like you were never responsible, but you feel like your actions lowered the standards of Nancy's decision-making.
1: My actions have brought us here, James, and this is where we are. I don't fault anybody else for where we are right now.
0: You can, you can say that, but at the end of the day, your relationship with Nancy did not make Eric do what he did. So he owes us answers. Bottom line.
1: That's, that's your statement. I, uh, I, that's your opinion, and I agree with it, James. Sure.
0: Why do you think Eric, after 10 years, is, is now deciding to say something if he is responsible? What's his reason for coming forward today?
1: Uh, it's only speculations, but I think it's the idea that, I mean, if so, I think that most of us are good people, even bad people or good people or whatever, however, all that stuff works. But tr- trying to manage that for 10 years, I-, I-, I can't even fathom. And the example that my sister gave to me that is very interesting is right now, as we ha- have this conversation, I am currently the same age Eric would have been when Nancy went missing. Eric then held onto this potentially for 10 years. I can't even imagine those things. I can't even
0: Let, Let's say cuz again, I know I've read the case file. I know that you were asked to take a polygraph test. And after them investigating you and looking at your alibis, they eventually said, "Aaron, you don't need to take a polygraph test," right? Correct. Today, would you still be willing to take a polygraph if Thurston County requested it?
1: Uh, I probably wouldn't. No.
0: You wouldn't. No. Why? why wouldn't i take the polygraph
1: yeah uh one reason is i know i don't have anything to do with it so there's no reason to take the polygraph i don't i don't have anything to prove my and and through law enforcement there's no if there if it's not necessary to them then i'm not
0: going to but if and you I'm were happy. willing to before why not today
1: uh, what I'll, what i'll say is if that's what you think you're going off of i'll let you run with it
0: yes you were you said you were willing no Yes, you did. You said in the the case file that I have, you were willing. And then when they told you that you didn't need to, they, they said, but you can if you still want to, but we don't need you to. You said, okay, well then I won't if I don't have to. And then you even went to Bev Poston's office and said, you wanted to clarify with her, even before your relationship where it's at today, you said, Hey, I just wanted you to know Thurston County asked me to take a polygraph and I was willing to, but then they said I didn't need to. So I just want you to know that. And she was very like appreciative. Initially, she was like, why would he say that? But then she thought about it and was like, well, that, that I feel like that was very noble of him. But you were willing to. There's nothing in the case file that says that you denied the polygraph. So are you saying now that you denied it?
1: I don't think... I, uh, it, well, uh, uh, gosh darn it, James. Irrelevant. It's irrelevant because... If I remember correctly, and I could be remembering incorrectly, I don't want to take a polygraph. And I think I would have told them I don't want to take a polygraph. If they would have forced me to, yes. As far as you, as in Goat rich, as you re-listen to this, and I think if you re-listen to anything, I think your statement you just made is inaccurate. Yes, I went to Bev to talk to her about things. I did not admit to Bev about a polygraph
0: at all I'm going right. off of what you're telling me I'm going off of what you're saying I've I've always been under the understanding that you were willing to take the polygraph and then eventually it turned into the situation where they didn't need it from you anymore and yeah, my yes. my always my impression has always been because once they checked your alibi which again we've talked about it today you can't recall your alibi but you were willing to take it so I'm not going off of something that I'm saying or making up. I'm going off of what you're telling me. Were you willing to take the polygraph or were you not?
1: I, I know why I didn't want to take a polygraph and why I don't want to take a polygraph. And I've explained that to you, but it's fine.
0: I have the playing and recording myself. I've heard it before. That was a, that was a strong point in my opinion of you. was that so,
1: you guarantee go back and listen to it. You're wrong.
0: <laughs> what part am I wrong about? Lay it clearly for me. What part of this are you talking about that I don't know about that I've either mistakenly misunderstood or anything? Because I have, I mean, I have our initial conversations. I have it on, you know, I can go back and listen to Bev's. I can listen to yours. And that's what Bev said to me is that she said to me, he came to my office and said that he was willing to take it. Thurston County said that they didn't need him to anymore.
1: Wait, 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 wait. who, wait, who told you that Bev did? Yeah. Then fucking, I don't care. I don't care what anybody else said because they're fucking wrong. I feel already enough guilt about this situation that I don't want to implicate myself in something I had nothing to do with just because I feel guilty about something else about this situation. I'm not going to risk taking a polygraph on, on knowing that's how I feel inside. It does not matter how I fare on the other side of it. If it's not mandated, I'm not going to do it. And that would have been my standpoint then, and that's my standpoint now.
0: Okay, so then what's then let's just lay it out there. What's the facts? Thurston County asked you to take a polygraph. What did you say? That you feel guilt and that's why you're not taking it.
1: Exactly. I'm not gonna implicate myself or give anybody any other tool other than our conversations, apparently, on on what they're gonna go off of.
0: What who's going off of polygraph has nothing to go off of what others think. It's just a it's a tool that they use.
1: Then who the Fuck am I trying to prove this to you, James?
0: Even if you are fucking dead wrong with your thinking that you said no, Thurston County, unless you got some sort of poll with Thurston County, that they put something in there that said Aaron was willing to, but we told him not to. I've read the case file. You said you were willing. So this is like mind boggling to me that you're saying that, nope, I never was willing because I've read the case file and it says you were willing, but you're saying I'm dead wrong on it. And it wasn't just the case file. It was Bev Posson who also said to me, This happened, and you're saying she's dead wrong too.
1: Put a pin in that one, James. Put a pin in it. Jesus, put a pin in it. Because I'm pretty sure... Go back and listen. Put your pin in it. Give me a second. Go back and listen to our first or second recordings, and I'm pretty sure we covered that already. Double-check your police report, and here's the other thing. Again, not even to me does a police report equate 100% accuracy. It does not.
0: Run with that. If it's not accurate, if it's not accurate, you think that the guy that Nancy was head over heels for, they asked him to take a polygraph and he said no.
1: Make whatever you want, James. Make
0: whatever. Okay, so I can only cross-reference so many times. I can only go and say, okay, what was said? What wasn't said? what was. It's like you doing the push-ups. You said never happened. Elkin says it did. And you're like, no, I would have never done that. I can go to you and ask you, or I can go to him and ask him. But until I see the videotape, I don't know the truth. But what I'm going off of is what I've been told by Detective Elkin's case file. and, And what I thought what you told me, so I would damn near sure go back to our first conversation and listen to it. You had told me that you were willing to take it. And it was a simple question was, would you be willing to take it today if they had asked you to? And you're saying today, no. And my question is why? But your your response is because I've never been willing to. I will happily go back and I will happily share that with you.
1: Well, you gave me, you've already given me the case in point. Case in point. I don't trust anything Elkins had his hands on and did or does. Right. Elkins was the investigation at that time, and I would not be willing to work with him because he's a goofball. But there are too many misquoted and misdirected things from Elkins to trust the majority of him on in any of these things. And I, and I would warn anybody else the same thing. That part better make the fucking podcast. Elkins is a douchebag.
0: Tell me what you want, what you don't want, because I got to know what parts of the stuff about Elkins <laughs> that you want.
1: <laughs> I, I, any and all of it, I don't give a shit. I mean, here I'm going to say it on the audio so you have it, but I mean, let's put a pin in it right now, James. We're good, and and my interaction with you is not going to be any different. But we'll we'll put a pin in it. But I guarantee i, I can nearly guarantee you, I never said that. And I believe if it, even if you're seeing it, it's misquoted by Bev or it's misquoted by uh, Elkins, guaranteed.
0: If you're on video or you're, you're, you're on record saying I'm willing to take a polygraph. What do you say to that?
1: I already answered it. We already covered that. You can pull any of my audio for that answer already. The, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I rethought about the thing with Elkins. And I think I said this at the time too. If that happened, if I was doing pushups and and during this interview, then he already, then I was already down on my break at 10 o'clock doing my routine of my pushups and sit-ups for my 15 minute break that's when he came to interview me he disrupted my day i did not stop my interview i
0: mean that, with... that that part of it is irrelevant it has nothing to do
1: so why the fuck if if elkins doesn't like me is he going to fucking throw me under the bus the way he did
0: but the but the but the part that elkins refers to aaron is is that it, it had nothing to do with elkins at that time that was haller's report from
1: not necessarily
0: yes it was because haller was one that was reporting that he had requested the the polygraph to be done by, I believe it was the de- was last name of Adams.
1: So, yeah, 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 yeah. The initial polygraph, the first round would have been with Howler. You're
0: correct. Yes. So, it had nothing to do with Elkins.
1: True. But I, my, my like, this is where I find it interesting because my statement still stands that I'm not going to take a polygraph to potentially implicate myself. I don't want to take a polygraph for anything. That would have been my standing from the beginning, no matter what the detective is. Have I not ever, James, already been willing to die by my own sword?
0: Yes, you have. Yes, you have. You've always been willing to, and I I give you that.
1: Since we're still—I don't care if we're on the record or off the record. Your fans are not going to be excited. Just listen to, to us argue, James. Jesus.
0: Whether you agree with Aaron or not, that's up to you. I feel like there were things that I took away from my conversation with him that added more to my confirmation that he had nothing to do with it. But then he drops things on me like, I was never willing to take the polygraph. I know I pressed Aaron on that. But at the end of the day, I'm not that surprised that he's not willing. I wouldn't. I've talked to a lot of officers, especially since after the Ron Evans situation. A lot of them tell me that they wouldn't take a polygraph themselves. And if he didn't have anything to do with this, and failed a polygraph test for whatever reason, you wouldn't be the first person to do so. Now, I needed to split up my conversation with Aaron into two episodes. Now, I've gone through about three-fourths of my conversation with Aaron. I plan on sharing the rest in the next episode. Now, during the course of making this episode, I took a trip up to Rochester, where Eric lives. Next time, on Hide and Seek.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay. you know, he, talk- he talked about, like, working with her. She was hot. He wouldn't see you. No. I knew
0: he wouldn't. That's I don't know. Yeah, but when Eric said that she'd been to his house. with Nancy had been to his house, right? With that was something Eric said. Mm-hmm. And he, did he say that to you? That was. The
1: yeah,
0: I well, was just I, in the room. So I knocked on the door, he's not there. At least there is a car that he supposedly has, is there. Uh, But I I knocked on the door, rang the doorbell, he's not there. So I got a message last night uh, about a tip that uh, certain individuals said that they saw Eric walking on his road. Uh, They gave me the description, so I'm heading there tomorrow morning. So the time is 1:47 1:47 p.m. It's August 7th. Interview with Eric Roberts. And you walked him right back here, and you said, "I don't want to incriminate myself any further." But if I if I were to get rid of a body, he pointed right there and said, "That's where I would do it." What I exactly said was, um, "One of them commented about the fire pit." If this is what you think is answering for for your for your actions, it's not. And I and I'll tell you. And I told Aaron, I tell you this: you're a coward. If this is your response, and you think this is this is settling the issue, you're a coward. You need to tell the truth. She's a rogue, like a pagan, searching places that I've never call show but let no rock to stop me from getting through. stay